Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. Well, this morning I'm going to be sharing with you on a new series that Pastor Shane has introduced as a church. We're going to be sharing AM and PM on a series called Together. Now, who knows that we're not designed to do life alone? We were designed to do life as community and as a body of believers, particularly in the age in the world in which we live, there is no greater time to unite together and support each other and be able to come together as a community of believers. It goes against our culture, but doesn't it? In our culture, there's more and more isolation taking place. And we can see with the advancement of technology, with social media, just with our Western culture of always, you know, working so hard to obtain more and more and more possessions. You know, there's this busyness of life that sometimes we forget that we were designed to do life together. Sometimes our Aussie pride gets in the way. Am I the only one that that happens to? (laughs) As Australians, we like to do things on our own sometimes. We like to prove we can do it. And sometimes that's just, we don't want to be a burden on someone else. We don't want to be a hassle. We don't want to be an inconvenience. We're going to be really digging into what the Word of God says about this this morning. And, um, you know, God's Word is counterculture. You know, we're not called to live as the world lives. We're not called to be dictated to by what the media is telling us, by what the people around us are telling us. We are called to live in faith. And we can see that right throughout history that there were some very dark times for the church. You know, it's easy for us to turn on the television and got overwhelmed at what we see. But you see, as we rise in faith, we can realize that before God, great I am who, who was and is and is to come. Nothing is new under the sun. And we can be encouraged that He is with us, He is God, He is sovereign, and we don't have to be intimidated by darkness because darkness is just the absence of light. And as we allow the light of God to shine through our lives, we can see that His light has the power to pierce the darkness as easily as the sun rays come up in the morning. So this morning we're going to be exploring in the Bible about what God's Word says about this idea of being together. As believers in Christ, the Bible says we are put together, joined together, built together, members together, heirs together, fitted together, held together, and will be caught up together. There's a lot of together in that, isn't there? There's a lot of together, and I really believe God is sending us the message. And we can see that in the early church, they used to meet in their homes during the week. They used to fellowship together. They used to have meals together. And then they'd come together and worship and have the Word in the temple on the weekends. And we're seeing an increasing trend of believers now choosing not to even fellowship together on Sundays. And what we're seeing is that, you know, in the business of life and, you know, these, all these competing things, you know, there's leisure. And, and really what it comes down to is that there's worship of other things. You know, it might be worship of leisure. Sometimes it's even worship of our own family. You know, our family's more important than church. You know, there's lots of things that can draw, draw us away from fellowshipping together. But more than ever before, we need to be coming together and supporting each other. And um, we need to see God not just as an aspect of our life, but as the center of our life. And, you know, sometimes people have health challenges. 
sometimes things happen in our lives where we fall away because we get out of the habit of it you know I, I know that you know you guys would have people in your lives that you've seen people who once fellowship together once worship God together and now no longer fellowshipping at all and it breaks my heart because I know that God has a plan for them you know some people have burnt out sometimes people get disillusioned sometimes people get hurt and all of those things are lots of reasons why people stop fellowshipping so this morning we need to understand why is it so important that we have a church family why is it so important that we are members within one of our local churches and we have awesome churches in the Shell Harbour area. We are so blessed. So amazing to see what God's doing amongst the leaders in our city. So let's not allow our culture to dictate what we think about church. We're going to be turning to the Word of God this morning. Before we do that, let's pray. Lord, we thank you that your word is a light to our feet and a lamp to our path, Lord. We declare today the power in your word, Lord. I pray, Lord, that as your word goes forth this morning, it would illuminate the path, Lord God. Lord, where there might be areas, Lord, where people have questions, Lord, where there might be things that they're carrying in their lives, Lord. Lord, we just bring them all before you this morning and we declare that our God is good and we open our minds and our hearts and our lives to you today in Jesus name we pray amen amen let's turn this morning to Romans 12 verse 5 you know right throughout the New Testament we see that God describes church as a body and he not just describes it as anybody but his body what an amazing thing to think that we're part of the body of Christ the body of God in Romans 12 verse 5 it says we are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. And isn't it interesting that the very idea of membership came from what the Apostle Paul wrote right there. But yet in our culture today, the idea of membership has been kind of skewed from something that is, you know, just you become a member of a club. You become a member so you get frequent flyer points. You become a member so you get free makeup. You know, there's all these things that we become members of and it kind of distorts our view of what membership really means because when we look at scripture we can see that God's view of a, of a member is being a vital organ of a living body it's not actually being part of just an organization but actually a living being and this is how God views that in Ephesians 2 verse 19 it says now you are no longer strangers to God and foreigners to heaven, but you are members of God's very own family, citizens of God's country, and you belong in God's household. We have a place to belong. We belong, as believers, we belong in our local church. The word church in the New Testament means a local congregation of believers, where believers come together and we do that not just on Sunday, but in our relationships that we're doing life together through the week as well. And we go beyond the surface and beyond the superficiality to the heart of what it is to really be together. So the big question today is, why do I need church family? If we see this trend of people stopping fellowshipping, 
We need to understand why we need it. We need to understand why it's so important. John 13, 35 says, By this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love and unselfish concern for one another. Aussies need to see the reality. They need to see the authenticity. And one of the greatest things that we do when we come together as a church is we come together to love one another. And this is in fact evidence that we are genuine believers. And this will be a sign to our our friends and our family that this God is real, that his love is real. And it's, you know, again, the word love has just been so mistreated out there in the world that God's love is unselfish concern for one another. When we're in this relationship together, not for what we can get out of it, but from what we can give. So the very first reason that I need church family is that my church family identifies me as a genuine believer. In 1 John 3 verse 14 to 16 says, If we love our brothers and sisters who are believers, it proves that we have passed from death to life. Just stop there. This is evidence, evidence that we are saved. This is evidence of our salvation when we love one another, that we've passed from death to life spiritually. But a person who has no love is still dead. Anyone who hates another brother or sister is really a murderer at heart. And you know that murderers don't have eternal life within them. Wow, that's a challenge. We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. Wow, ouch, that can hurt sometimes. Giving things up, sacrificing things for others kind of goes against the grain of what we constantly have bombarded at us through advertising that it's all about you and all about making you happy. But we're called to be counterculture as Christians. We're called to be different. We're called to lay down our lives for each other. That is what true love is. So we see the second reason I need church family is that my church family gives me the opportunity to learn to be like Christ because Jesus laid down his whole life for the church he loved us so much our holy father loved us so much that he sent his son to die for us he sacrificed his son for us that's how much God loves us when we have that love of God and that revelation of the love of God then we will pour out our lives for others. And yes, sometimes that does mean that we get hurt. And yes, sometimes that does mean that there is cost. But as we put our faith in Jesus and as we're doing it for Jesus, he will turn those things around for good. So many times I've seen people leave churches because they got hurt. If you're here for more than a week or two, you know, there's a chance you're going to get hurt. 
But that's no reason to stop coming. In fact, it's through the pain that God fashions and creates something deep within us, that something that is enduring throughout all eternity, that we don't allow the discouragement to come and rob and steal for relationship with the living God, that we can know a personal Savior who is with us through thick and through thin and through hardship. And I can speak from that personally today because I have gone through some seasons of very deep hurt and I'm not talking about superficial stuff. I'm talking about stuff that really throws your faith, stuff that can really throw your direction in God, things that can really make you take a step back, feel like the rug's been ripped out from under you. And I know those who have been close to me, who have been abused and who've had terrible things happen to them. But I want to say today that God is greater and that was not God who did those things to you. That was people. But even through that experience, God will take it and turn it around and be able to use you to touch other people's lives that nobody else can reach. God has placed that within you. He is greater. And I know for me, when I was really struggling and um, I couldn't sleep at night from what I was going through at the time, and I remember getting up and going to the kitchen and and just, you know, because you eat at three o'clock in the morning when you can't sleep. It's just what you do. And um, is that just me? (laughs) By the way, I had chili and garlic for breakfast today, so it's just a bit of a warning. There might be a bit of extra fire on the altar this morning as I'm praying for you. And I was really just crying out to God, and Jesus spoke to me so clearly. And he said, I am not synonymous with church. Well, what is the church then? The church is his bride. The church is his body. So as we try and get our heads around that, we can't use human wisdom to understand it because we just won't work it out. But the truth is, if we love Jesus, we'll love his church. And sometimes that means sacrifice. Jesus, just as Jesus laid down his life for the church, sometimes we've got to go through cost too. Sometimes we've got to go through the pain. Sometimes we've got to endure to the other side of things in order for God to be able to use us to make a difference in the lives of others. And I just want to say today, if that's, that's you today, if you've been hurt by the church, I just pray that God's power will touch you by his spirit, that he will bring healing. And I want to apologize to you today on behalf of that person that hurt you and say sorry because that wasn't right what was done to you. But God doesn't want you to stay in that place. He doesn't want you to stay in that place of hurt. He wants you to move through it and get through it and he will strengthen you and he will transform that into an incredible, powerful testimony to help somebody else. That's what he's done in my life. Let's turn to Proverbs 27, verse 17. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. So the third reason I need church family is that my church family helps me develop spiritual muscle. Who knows none of us are perfect? Sometimes we've got the sandpaper anointing come against each other and rub each other up the wrong way but one thing I've learned this is as doing life together we learn from each other and I think it's a wonderful thing when we can come and challenge each other sometimes it is wonderful 
God puts, well, it doesn't feel wonderful, but God puts these people around us who think differently, who see things differently, might have a different perspective. And sometimes that can frustrate us. But I've learned this, that sometimes God's doing that because he wants to bring about a change in me. He wants to challenge the way that I see things so that he can broaden my perspective so I can reach more people. So as we humble ourselves to learn from each other, we actually find that we get stronger. Sometimes all God's trying to teach us is patience. I don't know about you, but patience does not come naturally to me. It's not something, you know, you have these awesome people. I look at these easygoing parents who are just so patient with their children. And, you know, I wish that it came naturally to me. But one thing I've learned is that the biblical idea of patience is not being easygoing. In fact, the biblical definition of patience is long-suffering. So that means to be able to develop patience, we need to go through some suffering. And sometimes that's just, you know, working together, having our differences, doing life together. But in that place, God sharpens us. He teaches us. He molds us. He directs us. It's God's design that we would rely on each other for that growth and for that development, that we would spur each other on, that we would challenge each other, all in love, you know. But it's just an amazing thing that God uses people to do the work in us. And he does that because he's our God, but he's more than our God. He's our heavenly father. He's adopted us as his children. And he wants to share his healing power, his life, and his ministry to others through us because he loves us. He wants to share the experience of making a difference in someone else's life. Spiritual muscle, character. In fact, in one James 1, it says that let patience do its perfect work in you, that you may be perfect, which means mature and complete and lacking nothing. God's doing that work in our lives by building each other, sharpening each other, that he would make us complete, and that's God's heart for us. In Ephesians 4, verse 16, it says, He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow, so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. There is no perfect organization. If we're looking for a perfect church, we will never find one. In fact, you find people that go from church to church to church because they're trying to, you know, find a perfect church. There is no perfect church. But the amazing thing that God says to us is that when we allow ourselves as each part to do its own special work, God will fit us together perfectly. So this perfect God, this amazing God can use us in this sense that we have of being incomplete to make us complete as we come together as one, as we knit together as one. God does something incredibly, supernaturally, exquisitely beautiful as we each do our perfect, our special work that he's called us to do. So the fourth reason I need my church family is that my church family needs me. Do you know that for each person here today, God's given you a special gift. It is something that he's designed in you. 
Sometimes we're born with these gifts. Sometimes they're natural abilities. Sometimes they're spiritual abilities we receive when we receive the Holy Spirit. Sometimes it's things that we've learned and through the experiences that we've endured in our life that's given us a special gift and a special angle to be able to reach people. I want to encourage you today that as each single person here has a unique gift from God and God wants you to use that gift. He has a design for that gift for you. And this church needs you. If you don't belong to this church, you go to another church, then that church needs you. You know, our local church needs every single member to be showing those gifts. And I think it's always important for us to remember that it's not just the upfront gifts that are important to God. Every single person is so important to God. And, you know, there's an, some people have an incredible gift just of compassion, just to be able to come alongside someone and God starts showing you something and you just start to encourage that person. That's absolutely priceless. So when we realize the importance that God places on every single human life, we will never underestimate the gifts that he has placed within us. And then we are designed to be a vital organ in a living body that is the body of Christ where Jesus is the head and he is calling us to mobilize the church to go forward and be God's hands and God's feet on this earth. Sometimes we sit back and, and wait for God to do the work, but his word is so clear. He has chosen us. He has commissioned us. He has created us for the work of his glory on this earth. 1 Corinthians 12 verse 7 says, but the Holy Spirit displays God's power through each of us as a means of helping the entire church. God's power is displayed through each of us as the entire church benefits and grows. Don't ever underestimate the part that you have to play. Every single part is so important in building his church. Why is the local church so important? The local church is the hope of the world. Jesus ascended to heaven and he raised us up as his body to be able to reach the broken, to be able to save the lost, to be able to be a voice in the, of light in the darkness, to be able to shine the way to the Lord Jesus Christ. And we can never underestimate how important that is and that we would feel the heartbeat of God that we have never seen in need as great as the hour that we are in to see the power of God manifest through us, through us, through us. Lord, I pray that we would not get so caught up in our own lives, Lord, that we would lose the reason why we are here on this earth, Lord. So the fifth reason I need church family is that I become a part of Christ's mission in the world. It expands our thinking. It gets us beyond just being consumed with our own life and being focused on the broader picture. It's funny. We went to conference this week and our kids were in the kids program and they had an awesome time there. And it was really amazing for their development, not only in their relationship with, with God, but also in the way that they were interacting with each other. Now, the funny thing is, is that um, in our family, we're quite quirky. So um, we make strange noises and we do kind of strange things. And I notice that when my kids and I are just home too much and don't get out enough, we get weirder. <sighs> do stranger things. 
like now, it's not, it's not the time to lie on the floor, darling. Can you get on your seat, please? We have these funny ways. And you know what? It's like that as Christians too. Have you ever met a Christian who doesn't fellowship with other believers and they turn in, they just go a bit weird. They just start doing some strange things. And I woke up in the night and I, I heard a rooster. And, and, the, and then next there was this, this swarm of bees that flew past. And I just knew that was a sign from God saying that I need to go somewhere. Anyway, I can't think of a good example because I'll just make one up. But people can get weird. And, and what happens is our, our, our world gets very small and um, really tragic. I um, you know, really have a heart for, for people who, who don't fellowship anymore because I've walked the road with a lot of these people and I understand their reasons. But there's this awesome couple and they're such gifted pastors. They're so good with people and they don't fellowship anywhere anymore. And, and I said to them, you know, People need you. The world needs you. The church needs you. But they've just built up walls to protect their heart from getting hurt again. And, and their thinking has just become so small. It's all just become about their lives and what's happening with their house. And, and there's nothing beyond that. God wants us to be able to, to spur each other on, to be able to fulfill things that we never even imagined that we would be able to achieve in this life as we believe in each other, as we encourage each other, as we challenge each other to look at the need out there in the world and be able to go forth and be a light in this world. I become part of God's mission in the world. Ephesians 2 verse 10 says, God does both the making and saving. He creates each of us by Christ Jesus to join him in the work that he does, the good work he has gotten ready for us to do, work we had better be doing. So the danger of not fellowshipping is that our world becomes all about us and our thinking becomes very small. The sixth reason, this is the last reason, just as we begin to conclude tonight. The sixth re- this morning, the sixth reason I need my church family is my church family encourages me in my faith when challenges come. Wow. Who needs someone else to be able to help you when the challenges come? And we're all going to have them. In James 5, verse 19 to 20 says, My dear brothers and sisters, if someone among you wanders away from the truth and is brought back, you can be sure that whoever brings the sinner back from wandering will save that person from death and bring about the forgiveness of many sins. Sometimes we need to correct each other. Sometimes we need to draw each other back. Sometimes we need to be honest enough to be able to speak the truth in love, to be able to keep us all on track. And we all need that. We all need that accountability. We all need people who are around our lives, who know us well enough to be able to lovingly guide us in our Christian walk. We're bombarded with temptation. We're bombarded by a world that's full of disobedience to God. And that's why we need each other as believers to encourage each other in our faith. What about when things go wrong in our lives that we didn't see coming? What about things that are hard? What about when we're battling anxiety or depression? What about when we have a problem with fear? What about when we have illness in our lives where we can't take care of ourselves and we need to ask for help? What about when something happens that just really throws the way that you see God? We need each other. When um, I was six months pregnant, our baby girl was diagnosed 
with part of her spine missing. And as much as, as, you know, we had faith in God, it was a very, very, very challenging time for us as a family. And I remember dragging myself to church, just not feeling like I had anything to give. I was absolutely exhausted. I was quite unwell from the pregnancy as well. And I remember going into ladies' meeting and just dragging myself in there just just to be with believers, not even able to talk about anything. I was just feeling so challenged in my faith in God and still believing in God. But, you know, I just remember coming along to ladies' meeting and Pastor Jackie at the time just said, we just need to pray for Suzanne. She didn't say what was going on. And all these women just got together and prayed with me. And and, um, I just remember just feeling like I'd been lifted up and carried by their faith. Now, I could have allowed those hurts that had previously happened to me over the previous few years to stop me from fellowshipping here. But I chose to worship Jesus and to persevere. And I tell you that when you really hit the challenges of life, all the difference of opinions and hurts and things that have been said all go out the window because then we see how much we love one another. By this, the world will know that you are my disciples because you have loved one for another. Kim and Mercedes came up to me. I'd never met Kim before. She'd only just joined the church. And she looked me in the eye and she said, I don't know what you're going through, but God tells you today it is just a season. And I just remember feeling so encouraged in God that God was with me. Imagine if I'd stopped fellowshipping before and didn't have that strength and support of the local church. I don't encourage you today. If you've got things that have happened in your past that um, mean that you've got reservations with the way you serve God or the way you reach out to others, I just encourage you today to just lift those things up and release them to God because God wants us to be within our church family when challenges come. It might be challenge of sin and temptation and we need each other to keep on track. It might be a challenge of unbelief and disillusionment, but there is a God of faith and of hope, and we cannot do this Christian life alone. We need to do life together. We belong together, and yes, sometimes that requires cost, but it's even through the cost that God refines us and builds us and shapes us and prepares us for the destiny that we were born on this earth to fulfill. We're designed to do life together. Love to ask the worship team to come this morning. And as I was praying, as I was preparing this message, I just felt the Holy Spirit challenge. You know, what are you facing today in your life that you're trying to face alone? How can you start to develop relationships in your local church to help you be able to do life together, to be able to share the burden, to be able to lean on someone else and then let them lean on you? What mindsets do you need to surrender to God in order to change where you've been holding back? What hurts do you need to surrender today to God so you can once again be free to serve him with all your heart? There is a God who loves us. 
Jesus, our Saviour. He's able to save us from sin. He's able to save us from our past. He's able to save us from ourselves and from our mistakes. He's able to save us from hurts. He's able to save us from the disappointments. He's able to save us from events in the future. Our God is our Saviour. We need to invite Him in to have that place in our life. Because we don't serve a God that forces himself upon us. He waits for us to invite him in. Because every single one of us have sinned. In fact, we were born into a nature of sin that was passed down through the human race because of the human race's rebellion against God. But despite us rebelling against God time and time and time again, God loved us so much that He sent His Son from heaven to take our place. Jesus became one of us and died a criminal's death to pave the way back so that we could have right relationship with God, our Creator. Isaiah 53 verse 3 says, God's innocent Son, Jesus, was despised and rejected a man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. Yet it was our weakness he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion. He was crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. All of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's paths to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on Jesus the sins of us all. Let's just bow our heads and pray. We thank you, Jesus. I just sense this morning that there are people here who are weighed down by sorrow and grief. And, and you know, I can see that there's things that have happened in your life and, and, and some of those things have been so, gr- so deep that they've left you so raw. And you know what? You, you picked yourself up and you kept going, but you've been living with a scar. And I just want to encourage you today that the Lord wants to reach deep into your soul. He wants to heal those things. He wants you to, to, to allow Him in to be able to do that. He is standing at the door and knocking and waiting for you to respond to Him, for Him to heal you, for Him to restore you, for Him to rebuild you from the inside out. Because even though you feel that there are deep chasms and deep cracks and deep scars that could never be healed, the Lord says, as you surrender to me, I am going to pour in those into those crevices great glory great mercy great healing that it would even be like gold that's going to fill those cracks and they're going to be seams of gold in your life that are going to shine the glory of God and just as that scripture says that he has borne our grief and carried our sorrow 
We do not serve a God who doesn't know what we feel. He's experienced everything that we feel firsthand. Nobody was abused by the church like he was by those people of the day who proclaimed that they worship God. They abused Jesus. They kicked Jesus. They spat on Jesus. They whipped Jesus. They pushed him down. They nailed him to a cross. And Jesus says, I have borne those scars for you. I have worn that pain for you. I have carried those sorrows. I have borne your grief, every disappointment you've ever experienced in your life. I have borne it. I have felt it. And even in those times where you thought you were alone, I was there with you. I was crying with you. I was weeping with you. I was feeling with you. The Lord says, don't block me out. I'm here to heal you. I was whipped so you could be healed. I'm your healer. For those who might have rebelled and turned away from him, no sin is too great that he cannot forgive you. All disobedience to God is sin. But the good news is that Jesus came and died in human form and was raised to life in his divinity. He did this so that we too can have eternal life. The good news today is that God gives us the opportunity to embrace a brand new heavenly nature, to be born again into new life, to be adopted as his children so we can become part of his family, this incredible body of Christ. It's not about embracing a religion. It's not about changing a belief system or adopting a code of morality. It's about believing this good news we call the gospel, letting Jesus into your life and entering into his life to make a commitment to follow him and ask his spirit to live in you and transform you so that you too can become like God. You might be here in this place today And you might never have been introduced to this Jesus that you've heard about this morning. And I want to encourage you this morning, if that's you, if you'd like to invite Jesus in as your personal Lord and Savior, I'd love you to raise your hand wherever you are in this place this morning and say, yes, that's me. I want to invite you in. God has a place for you. He has a divine destiny for you. He has a plan for your life. He has a purpose for your life. He wants to do amazing things through you and in you. If that's you, just raise your hand just where you are and say, yes, I want to receive the Lord Jesus Christ this morning. We're going to pray a prayer together now as a church family. Acknowledging Lord Jesus as our Lord and Saviour. Lord Jesus, I acknowledge I've sinned against you. Forgive me of my sin. I believe that God raised you from the dead and confess today that you, Jesus Christ, are Lord of my life. I thank you, Jesus, for Holy Spirit, who now lives in me. I accept you as my Saviour, Jesus, and commit to follow you as your disciple. 
from this day forward. You can look up. We're just going to stand and sing one last song together. And um, if you would like prayer, if you would like ministry this morning, if the word is spoken with you this morning, love you to come down just as we stand this morning. And if you have prayed that prayer for the first time this morning, we would love to encourage you to come and see us after the service. We'd love to be able to encourage you in your walk with Christ. Thank you, Lord.